this is how valid is the validity. gotten to the point now where I'm drinking uh, wine out of a Stella glass. Man, this sounds good. Nice microphone. It's a little it's a little high indie. I don't know if that matters. It's just maybe to me. It sounds great to me. Well, you know. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I'll take, you know, I'll take whatever you whatever you say. I mean, I I got this whole rig. I bought it uh specifically for andy i didn't even it didn't even matter to me thank you you're welcome uh, andy said you need this and i said you got it well you got it i try to try to do the right thing <laughs> i uh i honestly don't even know uh where to start tonight i i so <laughs> oh my god jesus it was so difficult last night uh, trying to uh, sit through the the, the debate. Um, I uh, started watching old Steeler games because it, uh, it reminded me of watching uh, the Steelers when Mark Malone played. I still loved the team, but uh, things were, were not going very well. Things were not going very well. And, and I'm not going to get into the whole thing because, I mean, honestly, uh, you know, it's been talked about enough today to, to kill a horse. Uh, so I, I'm going to start off. I'm going to start off with um, Andy. I got a, I got a way to get rid of coronavirus. Do you know? I do. I think that I think that I finally searched the internet enough. What's up, Chris Robert? I, I, I searched the internet enough that I find I have found the guy that it can help us get rid of coronavirus. Yeah, who's that? Um, it's a it's a preacher. Uh, so this is. Uh, uh, I just want you to know that this is this is the guy that I think that that uh, you know uh, for as long as Trump's in office for another uh, you know three or four minutes that we we need to get this guy involved. Can you play the clip for me, everybody? I've got the cure. <laughs> Watch this. COVID nineteen. COVID nineteen. On you. On you. You are destroyed forever. You are, you are destroyed, destroyed forever. And you will never be back. And, and you'll, you'll never, never be back. And she left. <laughs> what? What? It, it, the eyes on that guy. It's just, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. I mean, it, it, that would make, if I was COVID, I wouldn't want to come back. I'd be done with it. Be done with it. So, uh, just looking into Nashville stuff first. There's only a few things, but uh, the Steelers game is, is postponed, and that really hurts me the most. I could take a 34 percent increase in my taxes. I, I could take no bars and restaurants being open, but I cannot accept the Steelers being postponed to play the Titans on Sunday. That's pretty rough. Now they're messing with your football. I'm oh, please, please sports in general. I mean, you know what it's like watching a game with 5,000 people in a 60,000 seat arena. It, this is, you know, I, we're living through this. 
eventually this will be over and we're going to have to explain to other people exactly how we felt on, on, you know, this like nine 11 was a day, you know, you can, you know, yeah. or, or certain times when you, when you was like, where were you at when Tyson knocked that guy out in five seconds or, you know, this, this is, uh, this is six months, seven months, maybe it'd be over a year. You're going to have to try to explain that a whole year of, of human existence was just left to being at your house and creating podcasting. Yeah. Bonnaroo is not coming back until September 21st uh, of next year. Oh. Uh, so th- I know that you were disappointed with that, but Bonnaroo is a big part of your life. No, not at all. Okay. It was at one point until I started, I didn't want to pay upwards of $400 to see the likes of Kanye West, Cardi B. Wait a minute. You don't want to see, you don't want to pay $400 to see Cardi B? I do, I do not. Uh, you're not down with WAP. Huh? Uh, I got to be honest with you. I, I throw around WAP like I know what it means. I have no idea what WAP means. Okay. I'm just letting you know that now. I, I go around and I, I whop everybody. I don't even, I have no idea. I do not want to know what it means after her uh, uh, Biden interview. I feel that she is smarter than, and, and uh, more worldly. Uh, I don't know about that. Okay. Well, well uh, you know, uh, so it's not a coincidence that uh, the governor of Tennessee is now opening up Nashville and Tennessee in general. Uh, I think that you're going to see this. Florida just opened up completely without without masks and that, that sort of thing. I think there are everybody's kind of going through this whole thing where, okay, maybe washing your hands and, and wearing a mask is good enough or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but we, we are now, the state itself, other than a few counties, uh, um, are, are going to go into uh, basically the state's phase three. Right. Uh, but but I will say this, uh, the mayor here, I don't think it's a coincidence that he is now uh, getting ready to go to phase three. And, and now he's, you know, he feels like maybe we can open up the bars and stuff now. I mean, only 80, only 80 cases from the bars. Uh, uh, you know, I, I think that um, I think we're good. So it, it'll be interesting to see how long it takes for tourism to come back. Um, and I, I think we're looking at, at probably not until next summer. I'm going to uh, find out this week. I'm actually going to play downtown. I'm going to see how it goes. Where, where, where are you playing? I'm going to play at uh, Big Shots on Friday. Solo. Big Shots well, on 2nd Avenue? Yeah, yeah. Oh. We'll see how that goes. I, I don't know. Have you played down there at all? No. This will be the first time i played down there i've heard time. i've heard mixed things but i've heard that nashville is, is on the weekends especially lines out the door at the stage starting at like 11 o'clock mm. i've heard i've heard that it's and then we were down there uh, uh about a week ago to play at the omni and um it, it seemed fairly busy for a saturday night more than i than i thought um, yeah, but regardless, I mean, I think that Nashville and Tennessee in general is, is, is coming back. I, um, the mask mandate is, is really the issue. Williamson County, for instance, I, and, and I think it's kind of like this in, in a lot of major cities or whatnot, but, but the, the, the masks are, are gone now. So, you know, we're, we're starting to, you get the option now that doesn't leave you from the Karens and the Joes of the world that are telling you to keep the mask on or whatever. I mean, the bottom line is, that that if statistically if you look at this virus we have done um a really bad job at uh the whole thing and and the fact that even in the beginning that it, it that that we maybe could do a bad job in the beginning i i understand um that, that this it, this has turned so political that uh you can't even make sense of it anymore I, bring, bring up 
bring up uh, those, those, those bullet points. I, I just want to go over a couple of things that I think that you can actually find this from the CDC. You can find it from anybody, uh, any place. I mean, you have to kind of search for it and kind of put it together. So New York and New Jersey are 23% of the deaths and 10% of all cases in the United States. Okay. So the, the two major states with New York being at 33,000 and New Jersey being at, at, at then dropping down to about 16,000. So, but they, they account for uh, 23% of the deaths and 10% of, of the cases in the United States. There have been 211,000 deaths. So when you really get into the numbers as far as how, how this is working, then, then the next step is, and hit me up with that next one. So That's what he is keeps trying to rile everything up. He doesn't want to comp things That's down. a disease that doesn't matter. So the top five states account for 95,000 deaths and 45% of all, of, of all deaths and 41% of all cases. So we've basically shut down this country. Uh, to the to the extent that everybody's had to switch jobs or or dealt with all the things and then on top of that 7 trillion dollars has been put out into the economy for for essentially five states that have accounted for almost 50% of all the deaths now here's the messed up part 79% of all the deaths are 65 years and older and 94% of all deaths are underlying health conditions so this is not affecting with underlying problems so the issue is instead of closing down the whole country the 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 thing that nobody has talked about is how do you how do you do this in the sense that that should have been the first priority when we knew when the cdc came out with this information in july when we knew that this was the statistics then why not Start letting people go back to business and start helping the people that are most prone to to die from this disease. It makes absolutely no sense. And other than political, November 4th, tell me that this is not from November 4th to the end of the year. It's not, this is not going to fade away until the next thing. It is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen, only for the sheer fact that if, if ever this country gets into a problem or a pandemic where you start seeing millions of people pass away and die from it, young and old, what the, what would we do? Because governments have lost so much credibility for just like the mayor of this city has lost so much credibility from lying to people and using in, in, in Portland and Chicago and, and, and major cities all across this country who have kept people inside to the point of 85% of restaurants in this country are going to either go out of business or they're going to have to file some sort of a, a, a chapter 13 to, to try to stay in business. Hotels and, and all the service industry they're talking the hotel industry itself has already talked about 4 years to get back what they've lost in the last 6 months none of this makes any sense and you didn't see any of that last night you didn't see anything remotely talking about the issues and 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 when you did get a little bit of a glimpse of it it was a movement to the next question it was some of the worst questioning i've ever seen at a debate in my entire life it was like watching Nixon and Kennedy for the first time that, that, that revolutionized and changed how debates and really politi- politics in general would change forever. It was, it was like that because we are going to have to watch that crap for years to come. You're going to have to watch what happened last night is going to be played forever. 
makes it, it's just it's just awful. But the bottom line is, if you run on, if you run on what is actually going on, the the fact that Trump's been in office for three and a half years and that Biden's been in political office for 47 years. This guy has done things that he has doesn't have to answer for and 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 can go back and just say it was a mistake, which is like what he did on the crime bill from 86 to 94. The tax if you people need to research this information because that 1984 tax bill that that started a, a huge percentage of of rich people to get more rich Joe Biden voted for but that's gone now oh, <laughs> seriously there you go how many push-ups you want to do here pal not enough good for you good for you I'll do I can do 10 solid push-ups I gotta admit something though whatever Joe Biden was taken last night that you couldn't see his, his eye completely, only the pupil. I got to get some of that because I, life. Geez. <laughs> I'm glad you've been working at house at the house. I that's, have been. I've, I think been that's just, great. I've been pretty productive. I think that's great. <laughs> Before I get into any more of that, I just want to let everybody know that you're in good luck and, and good grace and good and things are looking up because the movie industry is coming back. The movie, the, we're actually going to go get to see maybe a few movies. Although I've heard the one big movie, Tenet, did not do as well as I, as, as I was. I mean, as it made, made me feel like I, that's the first movie I'm going to go see. Hmm. But I will say this. I might be getting a call from the FBI, Andy. I hope so. I, uh, I watched Cuties. Eh. I skipped through it. I just wanted to see... Because I wanted, to, there was so much going on with this, and the and the now Congress is getting involved, and in why it was being put on Netflix in the first place, and all that kind of stuff. I had to see it for myself. All right. No. I, yeah, I let, tried. I tried. I watched it. I watched about fifteen minutes of it, and now you can't. But it's not the first fifteen minutes. Well, it just sucked. I mean, I was, right. I was, it was trying It's to, not a good movie. It's not a good movie. No. That's why I shut it off. But I will say this. Once you see that it was made in France, that's number one, oh, right? Yeah. So that, that you already knew, okay, this is made in France. Cuties is not, I, I get now the, where it's coming from. Essentially, uh, that, that, that France is obviously way more, um, way, way more liberal in, in, in the sexual arts as far as movies are concerned and, and television. And ad and advertising in general, so I, I understood that part. So when when you got into it in the beginning, I okay, I see there is a freaking problem with with the pornography and all that kind of stuff that is now open to the mainstream public. Again, I've said it time after time after time. I had to only be able to use the Sears and J.C. Penney's catalog. That is so far now from. That, thank you, <laughs> Bob's Bob Bob's here. Uh, uh, you know that that. That that's what what I had. Sports Illustrated yeah. once a year had a swimsuit edition, and that was like a big deal. My mom wouldn't even let me have it. The penciled in bra ads. The Andy, they're, Andy, they're I, I was in. born in I, I was born in the seventies for God's sakes. Okay, not uh, not the not the freaking thirties. <laughs> Bob, I don't know when you were born, but I apologize. No, I did not. I wasn't the twenties. Okay, God, Jesus, Bob. Maybe, maybe this was a bad idea. <laughs> you know, I I, I just don't. I, I just don't understand how the, the most poignant thing I've seen 
is that Randy Hauser put, tweeted out last year at this same time we we were taking off uh, it's baby it's cold outside because it was too suggestive and this year the number one song is is W A P which I still don't know what that is but that you understand what I'm saying mm-hmm. so whatever it is all I know all you got to do is watch the video and know that W A P is not whatever so young girls are having to watch this so basically cuties is not a it's not a movie about that that like like jeffrey epstein cuties it's really about this whole thing where young girls have to live with this and they grow up and it's in it's in their culture when they go and all that kind of stuff so it it really it just there's about 10 minutes of the whole movie you were like okay i don't understand this i don't how did this get on netflix how how, oh my god (laughs) Oh my god! Why, man? I mean, By like, the way, maybe you could inject some bleach in your arm. <laughs> All right, I won't overdo it. So I was the, excited. Though. The worst part of the debate to me last night, not 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 that the whole thing was a whatever it was. I don't know. Maybe maybe the crowds make that much of a difference. Regardless, so. Here's what got me. There, there, there were these moments where you had two guys that, okay, everybody's saying that that if you're a Trump supporter, you're going to vote Trump. If you're a Biden supporter, you're going to vote Biden. It didn't change anybody's mind. I, I got to say, I, I disagree with that. I disagree with the fact that this. I think millions of people tuned in. That the, of all the millions of people that tuned in, some people were looking for what, what, who am I voting for, right? And, and and then you had some people that were like, "Is Biden going to be able to stand up the whole time, right? And is he going to?" And he he took care of that. And and the, and the biggest thing is that that Trump did not run on his record. And this is what gets me: the last couple of presidential elections, especially second term, is run off the four years. If you if you've done so well and done so much, run run off of that. You know, stop treating Joe Biden like he's Hillary Clinton. And run off the record. Because if you take COVID out of that debate last night, there wasn't much of a debate. You you can't say the economy was doing bad before COVID because it wasn't. And and you're using COVID as a recession. And 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 and, and there's not and nobody says anything about this. Chris Wallace can't control it. And by the end of that thing, he was so upset at Trump that he was on that him and Joe might as well be having tea. I'm, you know, it, this is, it, it makes people not want to vote, especially when you now, and then you talk about the, the one way that some people might want to vote new is through the mail-in ballot. It just makes you not want to vote at all. If you were on the fence about voting, people were, are so pissed off at what's going on in the country right now, as far as burning it down and, and all, and Antifa is not a real, are you kidding? They've been talking about Antifa being a real thing for the last five years. The Obama administration talked about Antifa. And, 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 and he's going to say that it's not a real thing. That the, that the white supremacist and, the, and, the, and, and the, whatever the hell the boys are, that's, that's the guys. That's not right. It's let not me, right. Let me tell you something. It's not right. I mean, at least... No. T- t- how many times does, does, does Trump have to say that I don't agree with white supremacy? Who, who, who in their freaking right mind would ever say, you know what? You know what we're missing in this country is a solid KKK. 
Isn't Nobody the, would do that. Well, that's the whole basis of it. Everybody's upset, and they're saying that, oh, well, that's because white supremacists are his, are his base, right? Yeah, no. There are not 50 million white supremacists in this country. Hmm. You know, I, my thing is, I think that Joe has a solid point. We just need to have a big barbecue, get everybody together, let everybody just wipe each other out because now everybody owns guns. And who's ever left gets to freaking <laughs> run the place. Yeah. I just don't, my, my thing is too, on top of that, is that, you, that you're never going to get United States politics in front of you. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the, the people, there are billionaires and people that are on, the, the people that run the media, run the world, right? It's, they have interest all over the world. If you look at the top six people that own the top 75, it's six, it's 10 companies, Comcast being the biggest. It's like 10 companies that owned over 75% of all the media in really in the world. It's, it's global. And people in the United States, a majority of people do not understand global politics. They don't even talk about it because it's impossible to understand. But global politics make a bigger difference in this country and in these debates because there are things you can't say. And so until there is a media outlet that focuses on the United States to let people know how these things affect the United States, because it's sure in the hell not coming out of the politicians and it's sure not coming out of CNN. You do not see people trying to under, make you understand that, like, look, we are not the center of the universe. And these, there's these other factors, China and Russia and India that play a part in how, what happens to us. I mean, so, the, the petrodollar, we've talked about it. How, how much China and, and Saudi Arabia own in this country because of oh, yeah. deals that were made in the 80s? And there's nothing you or I or anybody else can do about it because we don't even know. We didn't even know about the petrodollar until 2016. How, much, how many other things do you think go on in this world we're, that we do not understand, but we're fighting each other, thinking that we know what the hell's going on. It's a joke, and, and it's a shame. And I talk about local politics and understanding how local politics affect you personally. But truthfully, you, you even on a local level, that's about as much control as you have. To be able to go to your city council person or your house of delegate or your rep, state representative, to be able to do that, you you still you still can, you know you can still go see these people face to face. When it gets to the federal government, it's like a, what's that called? A, a VTN, a v, VHN, VPN, VPN. I don't know what that is. A VPN. That, oh man. Oh, like a virtual private private network. network. Yeah. yeah. You get. What are we talking about? <laughs> Seriously, I got some really good ones on here. <laughs> Is it all Biden though? I mean, no, there's, so, no, there's no. so many good ones. No. There's so many good ones. <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> Anthony Weiner. <laughs> uh, it's not acting right though. I'm not going to use it very much. Something's wrong with it. Oh my God! But I'm glad you're dealing with it during the show. Oh though. well, God, Jesus! <laughs> today is a day. You know what? Four thirty. Four thirty from now on. Yeah, that's that's it. Hey. Four thirty is the timeline. You made my job hard today. Oh my God, I did. I did. <laughs> it's okay. I still don't understand how to work some stuff. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. That's all right.
We'll get there. So here, here here's what I want to do. I actually just play me the last debate clip I have. Okay. Just play that one. Repeatedly criticized the the vice president for not specifically calling out Antifa and other left-wing right. extremist groups. But are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups sure. and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland? Sure, are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically that, do it? I, go would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing, not from the right so wing. So what are you, what are you, you look, what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I, it. Do it. Say it. This is the problem I had last night was, was this crap because no problem, but this was a gang up on, on him at this point about something that isn't affecting the country. It is not KKK and, and the, and the proud boys that are causing a majority of this problem. They, they can be exacerbating the issue. No problem. And I don't even think it's the KKK as much as like the proud boys and these new groups that have come out one of which i tried to get on i've I've tried to get on the program which it's uh i I can't remember what the what the name of it is but all of them have a a military basis who are the proud boys it's it's you know just a it's honestly it looks like a bunch of steroided big dudes that that military I'm, i'm serious they all got mustaches wearing leather because that's what they sound like the proud proud boys no it's not like that at all okay but but the bottom line is there there is a a freaking mirror to this with with the black uh, the blm movement there's a black group black militia group same same thing my issue is this are you joking me that we can't get you might not be able to get donald trump to trump to shut up but Mm -hmm. i promise you if, if if joe biden had to literally talk about the fact of Antifa and the radical BLM and the and the white skinny kids who just got out of college who've never had to work a day in their life have caused all these problems. Mm-hmm. Where was I mean, that's what's going on right now. That's what everybody wants to know about. And we're sitting here still talking about the KKK and the Proud Boys, even though even mainstream media has made Antifa out. It, 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 you had no choice but the chop district and the the, the Chicago's and the ten and the New York's. These people are out saying I'm with Antifa. Mm. And let me tell you this: I I literally give no shits that you disown them, right? I don't care that you disown them. What are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. And are you kidding me? When when Donald Trump, I'll give you this: Donald Trump wants to send the military into these cities. Okay, you can you have the you have the ability to say I don't want to use military force. I don't think you need to use force against this, but you got to do something. And these these mayors didn't want any help. Mm-hmm. I I just don't understand like how and it, it's like Donald Trump went in there thinking that he was that Joe Biden was just literally going to fall asleep. Well, and, he didn't and, even and, give him a chance to fall asleep. That's the thing is he he wouldn't even shut up for a second to give him enough rope to hang himself I, with. I, 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 it is the most. You know, it's not even hang yourself. It's like, can we actually hear what the hell you're going to do after 47 years of public service? 
what did he say? Forty-seven months in for, office. For, I've what, done more than and, you've and, done and, in forty-seven years. And that could be years. debatable. But did you know? You know yeah. what? Yeah. Most people can't name one thing. Most people can't name one thing that Ruth Boehner Ginsburg did. Most people right. can't name one thing that that Obama did. Most people can't name one thing that that Reagan did. Most people can't name us the, the, the five songs of their favorite band. Yeah. So. That being said, and knowing that, why are you going to say, I've done more in 47 months than you do, you've done in 47 years? Well, then then, then explain that. Then, you, then, uh, then, then name three or four of those things. We got a caller on the line. Who is it? Well, presidential debate ratio is all I can see. 402 area code. Should we get him on? 402. Yeah, go for it. Hello? Hey, guys. Hello, you're on How Valid. Who is this? Uh, this is Brady. I'm I'm the guy that lives in the bus in Nebraska. Ah, this is uh like the the wilderness guy. I'm the guy. big redheaded dude. You guys send me a cereal. <laughs> fucking rules, by the way. So uh, you you put it in the bus? Sorry. Uh, no, I did not put it in the bus. I put it in the pickup, actually. Well, then what 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 was your what was your takeaway from last night? Okay, so um, honestly, I've been a registered Democrat for uh, a, a long time. Not not a long time. I was born in 1990, if that gives you an idea of how long I've been a registered Democrat. Okay. Um, and uh, so so the first the first president I voted for was Obama. Um, but last night's debate, like. I've I've lost I've lost faith in everything. Uh, were you were you going to vote for Joe Biden this this election? Uh, no, because I knew that Joe Biden was up for election, and I've seen enough of him falling asleep in interviews to be like, what what is our country doing? I've also I've also spent I, I spent two weeks of my entire life in Europe. And I spent about 10% more for everything that I did there. Um, but it was about a thousand percent better than what we've got going on here. Um, and I was, I was in France, Germany, Switzerland, and Italy. Um, and, and so, but in, in that two, in that two weeks, I was like, man, America's really, you know, like, they need to they need to get caught up here, and I never really thought much of it until that debate. I was like, um, uh, you know, like I, I I can watch the world burn um, if I vote for Trump, and I can watch a world burn if I vote for Biden. Like, I don't really care, and I, I'm a pretty liberal fella. I don't have a lot of money, so I'm I'm not one that's gonna like stand behind my liberal ideals because I'm poor. Right, but like what, most what, Americans. What makes you liberal? What makes you a liberal? Um, honestly, Bernie Sam Bernie Sanders may be liberal, and uh, I was pretty leery of Bernie until I went to Europe, and I was like, oh, you can like if you're. You go to Europe and you're like, oh, if you pay the same amount of taxes, you pay about eight to ten percent more in goods and services. 
but you can go to the doctor's office for about eight dollars. Right. So, uh, so um, my, my 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 question to you is: I understand that. I understand the social part. What what makes you? What are three things that you feel make you a liberal person? Um. Okay, that's a, that's a really good question. Okay, um, three things that make me a liberal person. Um, first of all, I, I love the idea of voting, and I love the idea of one person, one vote. So I think that's a pretty liberal ideal. Um, being, being from Nebraska, like, if I vote for Donald Trump, it counts for about 10 of any other, you know, city center. Right, but that that isn't my, well. No, I'm. I, listen, I, I I'm. I understand what you're saying. This is a problem I feel people have with politics. When 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 you call yourself a liberal, mm. when you call yourself a liberal, or you call yourself a conservative or a libertarian, and then somebody asks you, what what? Give me three reasons why you feel that way. It becomes very difficult. And in your case, it makes me yeah. when you talk about no, your I financial. Well, but when you talk about your financial situation. Then it gets a little bit weird on the lower. So if you have no money, then social programs, being able to go to the doctor for cheap and being able to get things get things at a at a, a lower cost that 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 seems to be the 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 issue, right? Socialism on that level because I don't have much. But then, right, right, and so then you get up in the upper middle class, and then people start wanting to keep their money, and then for some reason, you get up into the upper echelons of the world. And then it tur- you turn liberal again, and I'm I I can't you know I, I'm a big Jordan Peterson fan, but but th- some of I'm, these things I'm, can't I'm be explained. Well, you got <laughs> you need to take some time. But again, I, I'm just going to say what hot uh, one issue, one issue. I don't want to take up your time, but one issue. What is the one hot button issue that makes you liberal? That you're like this is it. Honestly, it's the same hot button issue that makes um, that makes that makes Republicans Republicans or, or or makes conservatives conservative. It's taxes, and legitimately, I think our tax dollars are very misplaced, just like Donald Trump feels. Okay, well that mm. that's interesting. Okay. I mean, I all right. So I'm, you'd be a fiscally conservative person and a socially liberal person. That's a lot of Americans. Exactly. That's a lot okay. of Americans. Yeah, just like a lot of Americans. And it's funny because, like, um, I connect well with a lot of – my whole family's conservative. The guy I work for is conservative. And I connect very well with those people. I'm a blue-collar guy. I build houses for a living. Um, I, work, I work really hard for the money that I earn. And uh, I would be happy to pay the same amount of taxes I pay but just have, like – more of my taxes go to support Americans as opposed to supporting a military that's 10 times larger than the next 10 countries combined. Okay. Right. That, that, that's, that's a good, that's a good start. But I, I would say that if, if that's the issue that, that you'd have to get, you need to get a little bit deeper in, in where money goes, but that that's okay. I mean, I, I think, you you help no, me no, out. No, no, I agree with that. You help me like, out. I need I need to do I need to do more research on this. But our 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 country's military is is way overpowered, and that's where all our that's where not all of ours that's where a 
significant portion of our tax dollars go. And that's why we rob our social security. And uh, we could do a better job with a military that's maybe a little bit larger than everybody else. And just support our people, people at home yeah, sure. a little better. I get you. And, and, and we're going to have another discussion one of these days. Uh, on 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 education and then we'll then we'll see about the military hey it's good talking to you oh man i love you i love listening to you guys i only catch you guys about once every other week that's all right uh but same, I really it's the same shit different day because you guys you guys catch the middle ground so well uh I which i get a kick out of well um, we appreciate you and thanks for thanks for loving that stereo but thank we'll, you brother <laughs> You guys have a good night. Thank you, you too, brother. You, Talk to you soon. I mean that 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 to me is uh... that is nice. It's it, nice to have a caller. You know it. it... <laughs> so we got uh, Bob Reagan coming up. Uh, he's going to talk about a great program called Operation Song uh, that is directly mili- military related. Uh, so it, it's a good segue into into the system. We'd like to uh, thank Aurora Nutriscience and Verdoliac Law Firm and Sony Mobile uh, for helping us out always and Modern Media Geeks. We'll be back after this with uh, Bob Regan uh, from Operation Song. Sponsors for How Valid is the Validity. Aurora Nutriscience. Guidance Whiskey. Sony Mobile Modern Media Geeks Titan Motoring of Nashville Hertz Odyssey Mobile Cartronics of Nashville Verdoli Yak Law Group This is how valid is the validity. So uh, John Proper sent me a uh, opinion, a fact checklist of Trump accomplishments. I'm not, I don't know if John's a, I don't know where he's at on the scale. I'm not going to open it. Everybody, Bob Regan. Um, I, so I, I don't know Bob personally. Tonight is actually the first time I've ever met you face to face. But he is with a, a great group called Operation Song which uh, I'll let you explain exactly how it works, but it's, def- it's veteran-related um, and, and songwriting-related. So I, I, that's how are you, sir? I'm doing very well, thank you. <laughs> how did you like sitting through that crap? For uh, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I was waiting for that caller to kind of pick up the pace a little bit. Yeah, and, I think and, Andy yeah. was too. But, yeah. it, but <laughs> well, I mean, you know, he, I also, what, he, what he forgot to mention is that I also mailed him a bottle of Guidance Whiskey. So I think that he was combining the two, and and it was just a little slower pace. Okay, then, whiskey and guidance don't normally fit in the same sentence, but I'll, I think I'll, that I'll I think it. that's why he named it that. But I'm, we're not we're not certain <laughs> we're not certain. Uh, but yeah, so that's the that that's the issue though. I mean, you know, I before 
uh, tonight, I called you and I said, listen, I, I'm a little, I'm a little bit more right leaning, uh, but it's not so much support as it is just that's where, where it's at. I mean, what you had mentioned about being a liberal or Democrat through, through your life or whatever. I mean, do you not find that difficult to, to talk about as far as, or, or to listen, especially to younger people, I'm sure, uh, to tell them when, when people say I'm a Democrat or I'm a Republican or I'm a libertarian and they can't tell you why. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's easy for me when I went to, I went to college in uh, 1966 in Northern California, university of California. If I wanted to get laid, I wasn't going to happen with a, with a, with a V-neck sweater and a crew cut. Let me, so th- that kind of kicked things off. No. And as I mentioned to Chris earlier, one of the beautiful things about Operation Song, we deal with the military. I work with people of all political persuasions, and I've been able to put my political views off completely to the side. And I have wonderful friends that I work with, people on the board, uh, extremely conservative and when it comes to focusing on the veterans, all that stuff goes out the window. I mean, some people are are extremely conservative only on the military base, right? I mean, in, right. The, in, in the sense that 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 taxes or or social issues don't matter. It's all because of the military. I mean, some people are just military conservatives, right? Is that a, is that a, true? Is, but it, but what's interesting to me is if there's one melting pot that exists absolutely without question in America is in military service. You look at the people like we go to Fort Campbell, there's every race, every creed, every color, and they get together, they work together, they sleep in the same barracks, they fight side by side, they have each other's back, they'll fight and die for each other. And so it's really difficult to say, you know, here's one belief bundle that happens with people in the military because they have far more interaction with people across the demographic uh, spectrum than I ever will. So is it hard for you to believe some of the things that you see on TV and in the news after, you know, after going where you go and, and, and talking to diverse groups who work together and do all of, is it hard to see and believe that this is how, what's going on in this country? It just depends. Whatever angle you're looking at it, you find it difficult to believe that there are people on the other side that see it differently than you do. Yeah. So I, again, back in, this far down the road, it's just been a, a relief and a delight for me to, I don't post anything on Facebook. Yeah. I just, I listen to people and I've written songs with a very, very infrequently something political will come up in a writing session. But one uh, veteran, for example, wanted to write a song about uh, Obama and how much he despised him. And it was in a group, right? And, and uh, I said, you know what, Todd, let's do it. And so I wrote a song for Todd about just, you know, he's basically said Obama was a traitor. <laughs> and, but the funny thing is that he was still active duty. He was in the guard and he, I hope he's not listening, uh, but he, <laughs> he, he played the song and I went to the, I got a home studio. I rocked it out and, and uh, he, uh, so he came back the next week and I said, so Todd, man, how are you liking the song? Are people liking it? You played it around? He said, well, I, I played it for my commander at the, at the base, and he said, Todd, this is treasonous. So, <laughs> and he said, could we change some of these lyrics? And I said, yes, we yes, can. Yes, we can. <laughs> so so what make, what, what, where did this, first off, you're a songwriter. Uh, uh, yeah, I had a career as a songwriter for 35 years in Nashville. So explain some of that first. So let's get into a little bit of, of your background. What, where, what did you do? What were some of the songs? What, I mean, what were, the, what were your... When people ask, like, who, you know, how did you get to where you get to? What, what, what is that? Oh, man. Well, I'll, I'll try to make it quick. Sure, uh, sure. All my stories are long, but I talk fast, so we, right. we, we can cover some ground. <laughs> so 
I had no, if anybody told me when I was a kid that I would be a songwriter in Nashville, I would have laughed in their face. But I always loved playing guitar and I never put it down. And so I went to college, played my way through, playing frat parties, you name it. Then we had a band after college, uh, did pretty good. We we're kind of big stuff around Northern California. Then we broke up. We went to LA, got a record deal on uh, Curb CBS Records in LA in the early 80s, uh, just long enough to prove to myself that it was not artist material. <laughs> so wait a minute. You knew Mike Curb in the 80s? Yes. Well, well, I shouldn't say that. I met Mike Curb. Nobody really knows Mike Curb. Yeah. I met him. Uh, so you're at that point in time, did you feel like you like this was going to be the label or was was it rough? I mean, because you, when you look at Curb artists over the years, I mean, even and, and even now, I mean, it, you excuse know. me, I'm, I'm drinking for those of you that are listening <laughs> on the radio. Yeah, and my hands are shaking. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying like, I mean, I, I'm that's that's you know, you're the first person I met that 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 could say in the '80s, especially because I mean, you know, Curb Records has not necessarily had the greatest. Uh, track record in, in, in Nashville over the last 25 years, right. especially the but, last... But here's the thing, and this is way inside, but uh, before Mike... See, at this point, Mike Kerb was actually a, a politician. He was the Attorney General of the state of California. I don't know if you knew that. I did not. And then, well, it's a, we'll have a long talk over more whiskey. <laughs> uh, but then he became a major fundraiser for the Re- Republican Party. And uh, during that time, he handed the label off to a guy named Dick Whitehouse, and the label was more. Oh of a, my God! It was more of a brokerage, and they had Curb CBS, Curb MCA, Curb uh, Universal, and they had Hugh Jacks of the Judds, uh, Sawyer Brown, Hank Williams Jr. But they did not have their own label; they just brokered deals, and so that's where I, I fell under Curb CBS. That was the end of that deal, thanks to me, I think. Uh, <laughs> so in, anyway, yeah, I, but that, that was back when you could get off the label. <laughs> so anyway, the, the, we, we spent a bunch of somebody else's money and wasted a bunch of my time. And, but at the end of that whole recording process, I realized I was a much better songwriter than I was an artist. So at that point, uh, L.A. was getting very strange in 1985, and it's gotten stranger still. Uh, but I I'd always loved country music, even as a little kid. And I thought, well, I'm going to give Nashville a try. And Nashville was uh, was very welcoming. And I got here at a good time in '85 was kind of in a slump, but I kind of got up to speed by the time the 90s hit and Garth Brooks was just, you know, was just yeah. went, went uh, to the moon, basically. And uh, it was green grass and high tide for about 20 years there. And then I got kicked out the back end with a Medicare card. No kidding. <laughs> what was your first uh, cut? Oh, man, my, my first, I had a, a Reba McIntyre single called Till Love Comes Again in 1989. Uh, it was like a number three. Um, it wasn't a huge hit, but it was enough to make me say, you know what, I think I can stick around and I might have a shot doing this. Well, and so what was the major, what was the one that was like, this is, this is my song. This is, I, this, I've, I've made it as a songwriter. Man. How about one that, you know, we would definitely know. Well, I, I wrote, uh, thinking Thank about, you, thinking about you for Trisha Yearwood. I wrote, uh, I want to be your everything by Keith Urban. But you wrote, I want to be your everything. Well, yeah. No at, kidding. Look at me. Am I am I not Mr. Love? Are you kidding me? That's no. awesome. Um, but see, nobody ever says, I mean, I, I didn't. I was a pretty good guitar player, and I'd made a living in the studios, and I played on the Grand Old Opry, and I was doing about three or four different things to keep the lights on. So I was still, I had probably four or five hit records, including multiple week number ones, and I was still spending about three days a week playing demos for other people just because you know what it's like. The income stream is so unreliable in the music business. I didn't want to kick anything to the curb. And that Opry gig was great. I'd go out to the Opry every Friday and Saturday night and make a few bucks. So finally in about 1997, after I bet I'd had six or seven hits at that point, I just said, you know what? 
a, I'm a songwriter. No kidding. Yeah. So here's, here's, uh, I, I just have to know your opinion and, and he's dead now. So you can tell me, uh, Harley Allen, Harley you- Allen. I think Harley is a sacred, profane, brilliant, flat out, amazing songwriter. Did you ever get to write with him? No, no. I, I met him a few times. He was very prickly. i always like andy i always like to get to know i always like to know what people thinks of harley from back in the day but uh, harley was the the guy that kept me here i think he used to drink right down the road here didn't he? yeah it was a place called marathons yes yeah and 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 we used to go in there and and uh we would smoke all the winstons that that were possibly on the planet i I didn't i didn't i just i I smoked two or three packs (laughs) he would smoke 10 or 12 he just smoked by the car oh my god oh my god it was awful (laughs) Well, you know, the the funny thing is like, so during that time period, so, so, you know, it's interesting because he, he was writing with Tintin uh-huh. with, with Keith Urban's publishing right, company. Barry at the time. Coburn and all yeah, those guys. Yeah, all yeah. those guys. So, so did you didn't get, what was your, it seems to me, I've been here 17 years, okay. 18 years, 17 years now. Uh, there, there was a lot of clicks back then. I mean, right. Right. So. What what was what was that for you? Who who were your writers that you wrote oh, with all, on a regular basis? Uh, I wrote a lot with Tom Shapiro. I wrote a lot with George oh, Terran. Yeah, go on. Um, you know, I should be able to thank me. Ed, no, that's, that's fine. Ed, Ed I mean, Hill and I wrote a whole bunch of songs, but yeah, it is kind of clicky. And um, you know, some some people you you know them. I was aware of everybody, but we didn't all write together. Really? Yeah. So so who who were you signed with publishing wise? Uh, well, there's, you ever heard of a, a woman named Karen Conrad, Karen and David Conrad? Absolutely. Well, so I wrote for Karen for like 15 years. Then BMG bought the company, so we went to BMG. Wow. And then Universal bought that. And then I wrote for uh, Glenn Middleworth and Pat Finch at Famous, and then Sony bought us. So it, all small companies get hoovered up into bigger ones. Yeah, that's right. So my catalog now is almost all Universal and Sony. Are you still getting? Are you still getting cuts uh, on stuff you wrote twenty years ago? Once I mean, in that, a blue moon, yeah. something will get cut, but most I just got a little bit of royalties and just kind of think that's something that happened. I'm really grateful it did, and I, I got nothing but gratitude. Sure, sure. Uh, for you know that I was was here at a good time. So even when you became and I, I and I know we want to get into Operation Song, but I, I still I'm, I'm I'm interested in knowing your background. But when when you started to get the success as a songwriter. Did that not make you feel or want to finally kind of transition into being an artist? Not really, because I just realized my voice wasn't that strong. And it took me really a long time to actually find my voice. When I had my record deal, I didn't know what my identity as an artist was. I was just a dumbass from Sacramento. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the producer said, oh, we like this song. We like this song. Let's produce it this way. And I just kind of go, yes, yep. sir. Uh, bad mistake. And it was it was a little bit of a variety show, a variety show because I've always liked all kinds of music from bone country to soul music, you name it. And I would write it. I was a chameleon. That's a good good for a songwriter, but bad for an artist. Yeah. You got to do have one thing and do it Boy, extremely well. So anyway, that's I, I really never had any artist aspirations. Um, although really maybe the past couple of years that I was still writing, I, I did some just CDs of like hundred percenters. Cause I got back I said, you know what? I've been co-writing for 30 freaking years. I don't need to do this. And I've made a few little CDs for my own amusement that I've got some songs that I'm extremely proud of. And a couple of them been cut, but you know, hey, when, when was the last time you, you, you wrote 
where you you know you felt like uh, you're right you were writing with artists still or did that did, actually did you come into that era when artists no. had to be in the room no that was see that, that was a difficult trans, transition for me we're back to inside baseball but when i got here the standalone songwriter was still king because when art when most of the country artists probably two-thirds of them did not write their own songs I mean, there were the Whalens and Willies and, and uh, Loretta's and Dolly. Absolutely, they should write their songs. But everybody else, when they went to cut a record, they would look for the best songs out there. And so it was a really open playing field. If you wrote the best song of, of that you know month period, somebody was probably going to cut it. No guarantee it would be a single. But you did not have to have an artist on the record. So starting in about, I don't know, mid-2000s, I guess, all of a sudden it became you got to write with the artist, got to write with yeah. the artist. And... Uh, so I, I did a lot of that with a little bit of success. I wrote a bunch with Jake Owen, and we got some cuts on Jake. I wrote a bunch of songs with Sam Hunt and got Jack. Really? <laughs> got nothing. Well, Sam got here. He was he was fresh out of being quarterback for UAB, and uh, is that right uh, down in uh, uh, down in Birmingham? He was, uh, he was, I, I don't he, know. He was a quarterback. What, what is UAB? Uh, University of uh, Alabama yeah. at Birmingham. Oh, is that is that is that a country? No, no, no. That's a <laughs> university. Oh, it's university. Yeah, so uh, Sam was a quarterback. So he was just kind of trying to find his way, and we were just kind of bungling around, and I'm still buddies with him. I mean, I, I got his number, but he won't call me back. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so once I started having a right with artists, it, it worked out some, but it was it was tough. It got tougher because then you it's not you, not only do you have to write the, the right song, you got to be in the right room. And uh, a lot of guys don't want their grandpa going out on the bus to play oh, video games with them. Yeah. And I don't want to go either, by the way. Yeah. No, I, I understand that. So, I mean, was there a point where you were just like, okay, I'm good now. I'm, I've, I've done what I've, I've... Yeah, I was so lucky, man. I, I mean, I had a deal until my last deal expired like three months before I turned 65. And I just said, man, I've got a Medicare card. Um, I, I can get coffee for cheap. I'm good. Yeah. I, you know, I was lucky. I saved some money. I bought some property. Um, still got a few royalties. So, so I, I'm, I'm good. I got nothing but gratitude for what I had, but I, I knew when the wheels were coming off Sure. and I didn't want to be one more grumbling songwriter <laughs> in McCabe's golf course, you know, no, but I mean, it's bitching it, it, about the good old days. It's, it's a, it's a good, it's an interesting topic because I mean, you know, moving forward is, is, is the best part of life, right? Moving forward. Oh, yeah. Right. So, I mean, did, when you were did it come to a point when you were, you were like, okay, I'm, I'm good now. I mean, did it feel like that or did it feel, was it a struggle to let go of that's what I do for well, a living? And accidentally nothing I've done has been through intent. It's all been kind of accident. Uh, but operation song kind of started about eight years ago. And uh, so a couple of years before my last publishing deal ran out, I started, I started operation song just completely by accident. And uh, so that kind of started taking off and I was able to write songs with veterans. And even though I realized that there wasn't a lot of demand for Bob Regan songs down on Music Row, but if I could sit across the table from a veteran or their family member and help them sort out something they'd been through, that my skill set was still really valuable in this in this particular iteration. So then I just kind of started putting more and more effort into that. So whatever weirdness I felt about losing the career that I'd had for all those years, it kind of, I just shifted it over to Operation Song and, and kind of kept going. What was the first instance of Operation Song where you thought, okay, this could this could be something? What, 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 what was that situation? Oh, it was immediately. So, but just a, a little bit of history on Operation Song. So I did not serve and I, um, and I, I never would have even thought about doing this except for I did a bunch of Armed Forces Entertainment tours. 
And for those of you out there in radio land or TV land, uh, there's USO and Armed Forces Entertainment are the two entities that send uh, recording artists out to. And we had a songwriter band. And we played in a, I played all over the world, went to Japan, uh, Africa, the Middle East a couple times, not Iraq and Afghanistan, but everywhere. But, and songwriter, we're natural storytellers. So we, I, I heard all these amazing stories and I thought, man, how cool would it be if we could put the songwriters with these veterans in active duty military and just kind of help them tell their stories? Because that's what we do as songwriters. We sit in rooms and uh, cut, I, I would cut off. Oh, there we go. <laughs> oh, it's at, yeah, it's at, I'm, I'm used to that. I'm yeah. going to fix that. Wasn't one, me. One of these days. Uh, so anyway, uh, I've tried to get some people interested in doing it at the VA down in Murfreesboro. There's a big VA hospital down there. So almost immediately, we had like four or five veterans in the room. We would just say, man, you know, tell me about what's going on in your life. And we just started banging out songs with with group songs at first. And almost immediately, it was just, you know, it was apparent that this was a really great thing. And people were able to talk about things that they weren't comfortable talking about in regular therapy sessions. Um, that something kind of cathartic would happen when somebody started telling you a story and you go, wait a minute. I, I think what you said, that sounds like a line. And you'd sing it back to them and that their mind, their mind would be, be blown. blown. Yeah. Yeah. So really early on, it was very apparent to my, to myself and the other songwriters and the therapists at the VA that this was, we were onto something. So, and, and so when did this start? 19, uh, 19, uh, 2012. So I, yeah, I started, uh, eight years ago, almost to the month. Yeah. And so, you know, you, I, I saw the clip on CBS and, and, and then, uh, you, I mean, you've had, numerous clips from different news organizations. Yeah. Do you, do, is that, is that from you or people here? Do, do people hear about this and come to you or how, how does it, how does that work? Oh, well, you know, you gotta, you gotta push to get on national media, but fortunately one of our board members is a woman who works with the VA public affairs and she's gotten, she's kind of high up and she's able to call her connections. And that's how we got the Sunday today show and the CBS news, uh, you know, the other thing is the VA has, has been very helpful because they want something good to talk about. And this is a very effective program and it's something that's easy to explain. It's a feel good story. So when around Memorial Day and Veterans Day, that people are looking for stories to tell and, and we got a really good one. Uh-huh. So yeah. that, that, that's sort of how that happens. I mean, the CBS piece was really nice. Yeah, that, that was probably the best one that I, I felt like kind of captured what we do. So the one thing I asked you originally was that you don't, you don't put these songs out. I mean, is that, is that, is there a reason for that or, or. Well, you know what? And people say, well, what you got to get a big artist to cut the song. And I go, man, I would love for that to happen. And I tell people, man, I spent 35 years on music girl, trying to get artists to do my bidding with limited success, but it makes my head hurt. So in this iteration, I just, I'm just going to focus on the process and getting this one veteran, a song that he feels really good about. And we have an astounding catalog at this point of probably 850 songs. Holy and I, I would be really surprised if, uh, if somebody were to go through there and say, I want to cut a song. There's some songs that'll, you know, knock you down. That so are, so are there, are there, do you have a publishing company that organizes that, that could, you know, like, you know, cause you know, the artist sheets, right? I mm-hmm. mean, you know, the, the sheets that say we're looking for fast pace, mid tempo, slow song, whatever. Right. I mean, the, do you have that kind of situation <sighs> where somebody no. could hand you an artist? No. I mean, you, is know, there a, you know what I could, if I had all the time in the world, I could do that. And then I pitched my own catalog for a long time with a little bit of success. Um, 
but I accidentally married a song plugger. Don't ever do that, by the way. Oh, uh, what? You gotta tell me what's her name? What's her name? What's her name? <laughs> the ex Mrs. Regan. <laughs> that's all. We, that's all we need to say about that. But anyway, yeah. So I would love to be able to exploit this catalog, and we're we're, we're transitioning. We finally, and I did all this pro bono for all these years. Um, just be not. Be, I, I didn't have to have the money, and I just kind of wanted it was. It was incredibly rewarding in other ways, but now we have an executive director and a program director. So I'm trying to find a way to step back a little bit. Uh, but once we do, I would love to be able to do some of these things that I've had to keep off to the side, like curating the catalog and finding the 10 best female songs and the 10, you know, best bone country songs or, yeah, and, and, and just find, hopefully get something recorded and, and use the money to keep the program going. So, that's I, I, I guess that's my next question. I mean, when, when you talk about program going and you talk about a board, I mean, where, where are are people donating right now to help this program? Can Yes. So, and I had no idea what I was doing when I started this. And the fact of me doing all this stuff for nothing was a big help. Uh, but, yeah, so I started writing grants. So now we get grants from the National Endowment from the Arts, from the Tennessee Arts Commission, the Metro Arts Commission. Uh, Charlie Daniels' Journey Home Project has been very helpful. Um, ASCAP, uh, Overwatch Alliance, Country Music Association, uh, Academy of Country Music, a lot of a lot of grants and also a lot of individual donations. So if anybody's out there listening, uh, go to operationsong.org, listen to some of the songs, and if you're loaded or your cousin's loaded, uh, <laughs> help us marry keep the, marry them and help me. Yes, help, me. help keep the program going. <laughs> is this is this? Uh, the military issue, where, where did that come into play as far as why did you get involved with the military as opposed to, you know, cancer patients, for instance? It was just by accident, the fact that I did those Armed Forces Entertainment Tours um, and meeting those people and, and hearing these stories. I mean, one story I heard uh, was up in Camp Virginia in Kuwait, which is where they process uh, troops in and out of uh, Iraq. And this was in 06, maybe. And uh, I met these guys. He had been deployed at Afghanistan for a year, and he was just saying, "God, just let me live along to get home." They pulled him out. This was they were back when they were doing what was called stop loss. They still needed troops, so he came all the way, packed up all his stuff, got back to Camp Virginia to get ready to ship out. And they told him that day that he was going back for nine more months, and he was just gut shot. You know oh, saying? Wow. He's saying, I, "I, I don't think my girlfriend's going to wait for me." They kept trying to get me to re up. They said, if you re-up, we'll take you out of the, up the front lines. And I said, no, I got to put, put in my ear and get out of here. Anyway, I just thought, man, what, that would make an incredible song. So that was really the, the impetus for Operation Song was just songwriters are storytellers. And they, these the people in the military, servicemen, have got these incredible stories. And it, it helps them. They may, not, they may have been through some trauma, and not all of them have been, but there's some trauma, maybe PTSD, maybe traumatic brain injury. But if your emotions and your experiences are scrambled from something you've been through, what better way to sort them out than just say, man, let's have a talk for two hours, for three hours, and get all those puzzle pieces on the table, and then have a, an empathetic, highly skilled songwriter take all those pieces and, and say, this is, you keep coming back to this. This is the big idea. Now we're going to and take all their, their words and just hang them on a melody. It, it it's, makes all the difference. It's yeah, unbelievably effective. <laughs> yeah. I, I want, I want, we're going to do a, a quick break and then, and then we're going to come back. I want to talk to you about some of the songwriters you've had uh, and then, and then where you've actually have played these songs, uh, you know, uh, 
after the after they've been completed because yeah. that that's interesting. We'll be right back here in a moment. Uh, don't go nowhere. Sponsors for how valid is the validity? Aurora Nutra Science. Guidance Whiskey. Sony Mobile. Modern Media Geeks. Titan Motoring of Nashville. Hertz Odyssey Mobile. Cartronics of Nashville. This is how valid is the validity. At the Verdoliac Law Group, we believe in the old adage, if we've been doing it for this long, we must be doing something right. Being one of Chicago's oldest law firms, the Verdoliac Law Group was with you during the civil rights movement, the moon landing, and through 10 U.S. presidents. We've been fighting for the injured since before cell phones and home computers. When we started, gas was 29 cents, the average house cost just under $19,000, and the average income was under $5,000. At the Verdoliac Law Group, We've withstood the test of time by honoring our commitment to put our clients' interests first. That's why most of our clients over the last 50 years have found us through word of mouth from other satisfied clients. In the last half a century, thousands of law firms have come and gone, while the Verdoliac Law Group has cemented itself as a Chicago legal landmark, and we look forward to our next 50 years of serving you. If you want a law firm that has stood the test of time and will fight for you, call the Verdoliac Law Group. Call us today. Even if we can't help you directly, we will help you find someone who can. Old Verdoliac. <laughs> so I, I just told I, I told Bob, I said, uh, he goes, that's good whiskey, by the way. What is that? And I said, that's guidance. That's guidance whiskey, Bob. Uh, yes, and I'm I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a new fan of guidance whiskey. Well, now 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 you and your girlfriend could be a fan. I, I just gave you a bottle. There it is, right there. It's made out of plastic. We're trying to help the earth. Oh, I, I like it. I like. Oh it. no, it's glass. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I can't take it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bob, uh, first off, before we get in back to what my question was, uh, we're going to be uh, what 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 was the what was the f- song that really that you you've written. Where it's like, this is my this is my freaking song. Everybody knows it. It's your big the biggest song you've had. What 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 was that? Well, I mean, if I play the Bluebird, probably, and this is the song's twenty five years old anymore. It's probably thinking about you as my biggest hit, and I want to be your everything. But the one song I'm most proud of um, was I wrote a song that was recorded by Roy Rogers. And when I was a kid, <clears throat> Roy Rogers was my cowboy hero. And so I wanted to be a cowboy when I grew up. But that obviously wasn't uh, one in the cards. <laughs> right. <clears throat> um, but anyway, uh, when Roy, the last record he ever cut, he came to town in the, in, uh, in the 90s and recorded one of my songs called Here's Hoping. So I always, when I do a show, I always close with Here's Hoping. And that's probably my proudest song, even though it, he's not in good voice. It didn't sell Jack, but it's Roy Rogers. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's your, that. I mean, that's, 
it's 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 neat to to aspire to something that you know that you looked up to and you did something that got you in connection with oh yeah something you looked yeah. up to yeah so i mean that's a good point as far as as far as these veterans are concerned i mean what 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 do you feel like as far as the biggest songwriter that that has been a part of your you know uh, of this system who have you been the most like okay now now people are noticing this songwriter is going to come in and 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 really make people go wow okay this is cool who 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 those um, well, and I, the, i'm not trying to take away from other people so don't get me wrong i'm just saying people that have had success like you have right I mean, is that is that something that's been a part of yeah i mean mostly i'm bringing my buddies like jim collins who wrote the good stuff and you're going to kiss me or not jim is he's absolutely headed for the hall of fame he's written for us a bunch uh, bob DePiro's written with us uh we have a girl named cindy morgan who's got like 13 dove awards uh who's writes the most astoundingly beautiful americana contemporary christian songs um George Terran, my buddy, wrote Real Good Man, uh, Stealing Cinderella, When I Get Where I'm Going. Uh, a lot of them are, are, are my peers, my contemporaries. So uh, Mark Beeson was, uh, just wrote a song with us last week. But all the songwriters we've, we work with have been written hits just because it's, it's easier to market the program that people can hang that, you know, they, they can sure, look at that and go, oh, that's wow. That's right. Yeah, so that's part of it. But also, you've got to be empathetic. You, you've got to be ego-free. When you're sitting in these rooms, you can't go, well, watch this. I'm going to, I'm going to blow this veteran's mind with a great song. I'm going to write for him. It ain't about that. It's about somebody that can walk into the room and go, man, tell me about yourself and just listen and get them talking and get gain their trust and then collaboratively be able to work with them. So yeah, that, that's kind of the criterion that I look for. And the, the more hits they've written, the better. Okay. So that, that brings up a good, a good subject. I mean, you know, when you're, when you're looking at, uh, trying to get writers, what is that process of, of getting a writer? How, how do you go about, is it just you? Do people contact you? Is it word of mouth? How, well, how, some how, people do contact me, but we, again, we try to make, if somebody needs a little bit of a track record in order to do it, just, and it also helps in the dynamic of the writing session because a lot of times a veteran might show up and be kind of reticent and go, and what, you know, what, what am I doing here? But if they go in there and they sit across, like, for example, Don Goodman, my buddy, who wrote Old Red, they sit across from, you know, say, oh, my God, the guy that wrote Old Red is sitting here asking me about my story and wanting to write it, <laughs> wanting right, to turn it into a right. song. That just creates a great dynamic that if you just say, well, here's a songwriter who's, you know, kind of been working at TGI Fridays <laughs> Correct. on the nights and they're going to help you write a song. So that help, that the accomplishments of the writers helps the dynamic a little bit. Right, and so I mean, you're you're you need songwriters and legitimate songwriters, and, and and that makes a lot of sense. So, that being said, I mean, in in this industry, and and it, it, for instance, if you got somebody like, uh, I don't know, Dustin Lynch, or if you had Lee Bryce, an artist, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and 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 is it very, is it very, is the chance of of the person, the veteran that uh, might write with this person? going to know this guy i mean oh, do you oh feel? absolutely absolutely okay. or or i mean but may, if, maybe if, not, if not, everybody, it. not everybody's going to know everybody but we would love to have an artist involved for sure and we we have had a you know a, a few glancing blows but we haven't gotten trace atkins or you know dustin lynch or something like that to do it yet but after this uh after this show, I, I think it's going to happen. It's all going to fall into I, I place. Feel, I feel good about it. I, <laughs> I feel good about the chances. I feel good about the chances. I, I, and so that that being said, I mean, you know, you know, my thing is, um, 
when 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 you guys do sit down and write a song and and, and um the, the and you and you go to the studio you record the song and then you play it back for the veteran but i've seen in in cases also where you guys have actually played these songs out for people or you've done them in right uh, in in a where a group setting mm-hmm. um what what is the reaction to that and with the other veterans and 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 the songwriters i mean what what's the experience like well i mean a lot of it's personal usually what we'll do like say at the end of a, if, if we do a say a 10 veteran retreat then at the end of the day we'll have them invite their families their friends their sponsors and we'll play the songs and everybody's just you know there's laughter tears hugs high fives uh, we've also had the opportunity uh, thanks to uh, william michael morgan and charlie daniels most notably uh, to play on the grand old opry on, uh, we were, we wrote a song called The Last Monday in May, which is about Memorial Day, and we played that on the Opry for the last four Memorial Days, not the last one, sadly. Um, we I ended up uh, reaching out to uh, somebody up at the National Mall, and we played The Last Monday in May every Memorial Day on the National Mall. So nothing cooler to me than to bring these veterans up there and have them hear their song played uh Korean uh, veteran, Korean War veteran song, a song called The Forgotten Victory. Nothing more thrilling than to bring, I flew Carl, uh, Carl Murphy and his wife Bernice up from Tennessee on my own dime to the Korean War <laughs> Memorial to hear a song played in front of the, you know, the uh, entire, you know, Korean War yeah. Memorial Association. So when opportunities like that come up, we're, we're all about it. That's awesome. I, I, I got to be honest, man. I mean, I, I'm I'm glad I didn't know as much about your background because it's it's kind of cool, especially in the sense that, you know, uh, going back to the only thing that I can understand with Harley those days, and understanding how you got to where you got to is is really <laughs> interesting, and the and the I got to be honest with you, calling Harley prickly is probably one of the nicest thing I've ever heard anybody <laughs> say. About <laughs> my yeah, but you life. know what, man, and, and early on in my career, if somebody kind of was arrogant and a little aloof and thought they were all that it kind of rubbed me the wrong way but the longer i've been around man if somebody is can deliver if somebody says i am the uh, s-h-i-t pardon me i'll spell it out so, and is then and then s-h-i-t uh, shit yeah. i believe so but so. if somebody says i am the shit and then delivers <laughs> it's like absolutely we've been waiting for you you know, well, Harley you, could back it up, man. That's yeah, the if thing. you can back it up, he could be up. a dick and back yeah. it and up. Back it up. Yeah, so that's man. People like that, you know. And I said, you know, in order to be that great, you almost have to have a little bit of arrogance. Yeah, you have to be audacious and uh, say, "I can freaking do this. I'm going to blow your mind." So Watch why, this. Why, why don't you? Why don't you put this out more as far as this Operation Song? I mean, the veteran. You know, th- this is such. We, me, and Andy just did a thing for the Navy a, a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of the COVID thing and, and all that kind of thing. I mean, w- you know, especially in, in, in the armed, in the armed forces, let alone outside of the, outside of that. I mean, pe- th- to me, this would be something that writers, especially in country music would want to get attached to what, you know, this is what gets me about why these songs have not been more. Is that, is that because it's all on you? A, a, a lot of it, yeah. Okay. Just because, and so if you had a publishing company for that catalog, would that make a difference? Uh, yeah, it probably would. And I've gone ahead and started Operation Song Music Publishing, but I, you know, the the whole 
publishing thing, if you try to explain that to a veteran, well, here's how the publishing thing works. There's the mechanical and there's a, you know, <laughs> you got to get a PRO. It just but that's makes, not, it but, makes, makes okay, my head explode. So that, that's my next question. Do, do veterans, when, when they're writing these songs, do they think it could get cut? Is that even something that's we, rolling we, in their mind? We really try to not focus on that. And so once in a while, a veteran will come and say, oh man, here's my chance to write with the Jim Collins or somebody like that or a Bob Regan or whomever, Jamie Floyd. And we go, you know what? That's not what we're about. If you come and tell me you've never put paper to pencil and never picked up, picked up a guitar in your life, you are the ideal candidate. But some people, you say, oh, I want to write a song, and this is, right. you know, I got a song, I want you to help me fix it up. <laughs> we, we want to is that the is we that want to start from hey, scratch. Is, and, is that the normal, like, that's a yeah. no whammies, no whammies, yeah, yeah. no whammies? Oh, my God. <laughs> I I, I I just dated myself. Yeah. I just dated myself. You have a hard time dating yourself in my presence. <laughs> yeah. Trust me. Yeah. You might want to break up with well, that. I've been dating you. myself for years. That girl you met downstairs is okay. my nurse. Okay. My nurse. Yeah, there you go. She's my nurse. Uh, I, I, yeah, I would. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Rosie, meet Rosie. Uh, uh, <laughs> so, so I will say this. I will say this. That th- this this is a situation where I have played. In the VA, I've played different times at the VA where, mm-hmm. where you go around and you go, you actually will go in the room and play a song for, for somebody that's, yep. that's laying in the bed, whatever. Uh, I got to be honest with you. It's, it's very difficult, right? And, and so what do you pick or go through and talk to people and kind of vet to use a loose term, but, 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 but vet them to make sure that you're going to bring in the songwriter and you're not going to give them to somebody or sh- sit down with somebody that is not where they need to be to try to understand what we're doing. Well, a, a little bit. Most uh, most of the referrals we get, like all our programs with with the VA, they're all referred by a therapist. And so we, we do have a little bit of vetting. Um, but a lot of people, one thing I will say because of COVID, we're getting back to that. It's allowed us and we were going, oh my God, we can't do our programs. But we started reaching out to people around the country. So a lot of people, when they saw all our news footage on Memorial Day, would send us you know, emails and say, hey, um, I got a great story. I'd love to write a song. And we'll kind of vet them and go, well, this person, now no. But we've ended up uh, meeting some incredible people and write, written some songs that were probably some of the best we've got through these people reaching out to us. So we, we do have a little bit of a vetting process. We want to make sure that somebody that can actually benefit from this. Right. So, <clears throat> I, and so the, the issue is if you got bigger songwriters, for instance, as far as success, <clears throat> how, how do you explain? Hey, 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 you let him insult me like that, Adam. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's Andy, but yeah. <laughs> that's okay. You can let me that insult is the funniest Adam. thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Hey, talking about insulting, but you, Adam, you yeah. have to do it. You know what? Just because of that, I gotta, I gotta do my little lower third here, just so everybody knows. <laughs> bassist, inventor, weightlifter. Yeah, I mean, look, he's a weightlifter and a bassist. A bassist, Adam. That's your new name, Adam. by the way. Yeah. I'm changing the lower third. <laughs> Because you know what, Aunt Adam signifies a better bass player. Uh, I've known more Adam um, bass players. Let, let me apologize on you <laughs> in, in, in for that. Yeah, uh, I, I knew I started with an A. And so, and listen, I, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but I ask every guest uh, that I have on this show, "What is your feeling about abortion?" <laughs> no, so, 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 no, I'm just man. The last, the last, the last time I had one, it was rough. Uh, <clears throat> 
Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> coding. Uh, but so, so let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. If, if when you do have songwriters that like, let, let's say Dustin was a part of this situation. Yeah. We were talking to Dustin and, and, and Dustin, and do you, you can't tell me that you're just, you can put the, the next random person into this situation. I mean, it, it really, it has to be through that system of the because the woman that i saw on on your news on the i don't know if it was cbs or it might actually been a nashville uh it was an actual maybe a nashville news channel that had the where i saw the lady that was part of the i guess the vetting she was the one that the the psychologist or okay yeah you know what i'm talking about the it was a black-haired lady that yeah 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 right right so she she would be the one that talked to the vets and and said this person would benefit from, yes, sitting down. Okay, correct. We we try to whenever possible we use uh, have therapists refer them. And if the therapists want to be in the room, if it's like that, that's absolutely fine too. But most most of the places we work, they trust us at this point. Um, is that so? Is that just in Tennessee? Well, we have a program down in Atlanta. Had a place at the Shepherd Center down there. They've got a military program. We have a, a program down there. Uh, it, it, most most of what we do is in Tennessee, yes. But right. All, all our virtual stuff. We, but we we can. People are always wanting to tell us, "Can you come to, you know, Seattle? Can you come to Phoenix? Can you come to San Francisco?" I go, probably not. You you couldn't afford it. So when when you say that, like, let's say I wanted to go out. Let's say somebody called you and said, "Can you come to Seattle?" And uh-huh. it, it, what the cost wise? If I said I'll fly myself out there, I mean that's what it. That's really what it is, right? Right. I, it's just me flying myself and staying at a hotel. Yeah. That's the cost. Well, but just so you know, full disclosure, I decided a long time ago when we did this, about a year in, we started getting so much, doing so much that we started compensating writers. Not what they're worth, but we do pay them a little honoraria just because if the VA calls me and says, all right, we're going to do a, a six-person retreat. Like, for example, we got a, a military sexual trauma retreat coming up on October 16th. I got to have great female songwriters lined up and ready to go on that Friday. And I got to be able to give them a little something in order to make sure they're going to be there that day gotcha. and not take a gig. And so that's where the donations and the grants. and That's the- that's almost all, all the money that comes through actually goes to writer stipends. And we also don't, sometimes we'll do good recordings of these, but mostly... The songwriters would do like a good clean guitar vocal and maybe a little drum loop and a, a little embellishment. So a, a few full recordings, but not not a lot. We just can't afford it. We no. can't, with that, with eight hundred and fifty songs, we couldn't we couldn't record them all. So that that being said, I mean, is that not? I, it it would be interesting to me, especially through all the people that you know. Uh, is that not more of a reason to get these songs out there to 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 publishing and? The, and to try to pitch these these songs is to get the money to, I mean, is that not? Oh, absolutely. If we could find a way to have this program help fund itself with uh, the songs we've already written, absolutely. Interesting. But you, you and I need to have a sidebar about this. Yeah, I, yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 mean, I, I can I'm, I can see your wheels turning, I, and, I, I, and I appreciate I, I, that. <laughs> no, though, yeah, I mean, I, I got one hamster left. Uh, my my wheels are squeaking, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> Well, I got I got to say this. I mean, Operation Song. I think uh, you know. I I definitely I definitely want to do something. I I hope I can help. I mean, you know, I I want I definitely would like to write with somebody for sure. Oh, and, we'll and, make that happen. Yeah, it's absolutely. Happen. But I mean, beyond that, I mean, uh, you know, so you know, me and me and Andy have been working in Brazil for for the last five years. You know, 
working with translating Portuguese songs into English, you know? And so to me, uh, th- this whole idea uh, of putting, uh, especially in the music aspect, putting songwriters with other people to get the stories, you know, yeah. is, is it, it, it's kind of like, it's got to be the next step in songwriting because we've kind of written all the crap you can write about. Well, that's for me. I mean, people say, well, you know, don't, don't you miss writing songs, you know, like for yourself. And I go, I've written my life 17 ways from Sunday, every (laughs) peak moment, every trauma, every, everything I've, you know, my grandma, God love her, you know, sorry. Uh, (laughs) I've written that song eight times at this point. I want to hear somebody else's story. I'm sick of mine. Yeah. So there's, and all the songwriters, I got to say, they just say, man, this was one of the best uses of my skill set ever. Do you know Jamie Floyd? Yeah. Jamie's wonderful. She writes with us a lot. She's written some just astoundingly beautiful songs. And it's just so healing for her and for the people she works with. Man, there's nothing like it. And it, not all songwriters have to do this like me and just pour themselves into it and go 60 hours a week, which I did for about seven years. Can't do it anymore. Uh, <laughs> but just set aside, a, you know, a day a month, man. If Bob calls you, sit down with a vet. You know, get online and write a song or, you know. I mean, do you feel like you're going to be able to to sit down face-to-face with vets soon, anytime soon? Or is that not not going to come? We've done a couple of face-to-face things up at Fort Campbell at the USO, but it was masked up and just kind of weird. Uh, for now, I think we're just going to, for the rest of the year, we're going to be just virtual. But the virtual songwriting sessions have actually worked remarkably well, but better than I thought they were going to work. No kidding. Um yeah, so I'm. I got to be honest with you, Bob, and I'm just going to tell you this, and 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 we can end on that. But but I, way better face to face, way better face to face, and 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 I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why, um, because I'm not very good in, uh, other ways. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. well, you been, as bad as this was face to face i i shudder to think damn, what would have happened if damn we had this hey, on zoom adam adam, adam. Oh, I mean, could you believe no, it's, it's andy andy okay <laughs> adam i mean that was a that was a down put well hey I got, I got a question okay you've been you've been writing songs for a long time yes uh and written with a lot of different people uh are you the type of guy that uh, obviously co-writing is something that has to happen yeah um but are you the type of guy that likes to come to to a a, a write with something prepared, or because like for me when I write with other people I have a hard time co-writing with somebody when there's no idea already set. Right. So the um That's like just scraping something up for a, an idea. I would always I, I was kind of an I felt like I was always an idea guy and I was just constantly gathering ideas. I had to have a huge book of ideas and I'd try to you know bring them out, but in this thing and it was for me it was it scared me a lot of people say no man let's just like harley for example it'd probably be let's just talk about <laughs> something and write a song and go, oh my god this is terrifying yeah but i'm much more comfortable doing that now because just get people talking and something will come up i know i'm definitely the kind of person that's like give me that idea i want to like lock myself away mm-hmm. you know nurture my own ideas then come back out and present them yeah, and let them be shot down. But I mean, in, <laughs> that in, way. But in most situations, and 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 I will say, and 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 maybe you can agree, Andy. I mean, mm-hmm. I've I've been very fortunate to write a handful of good songs, mm-hmm. like we're like songs that you could, I would be fine sitting up with the best songwriter. You know, right. a handful of those over seventeen years, maybe four. Right? Okay. So so that being said, uh, you know, most of those tunes came from a line. Or a chorus, yeah. 
Right. Yeah. So I get that. I, I, I would be very hard pressed to say that I sat into a room uh, and, and there was no, nobody came to the table with any idea. Yeah. Like it was yeah. just, is that something that happened to you? Well, but I, I will say this, and that was kind of frustrating for like an old song dog like me when they had to make the transition to working with new artists. I'd be in to say, man, Bob, you got to write with this new artist. He just got a deal on, you know, Sony or whatever. So sure, man, we'll write. They'd walk in and I say, man, you know, what do you feel like writing? Say, man, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't have an idea. What do you got? And I want to go, you're the freaking artist, man. A that's <laughs> artist with a capital A. You're supposed to be the one with the vision. I'm the no, one no, that tell me I, right I am, now. Songwriters I'm, are the real artists. Yeah, I, I am supposed to be the one that if you have something to say, I want to help you say it in the best way you can say it. But if you don't have anything you want to say, why do you why do you even have a record deal? Right. So basically, you're you you can make the masterpiece in the house, but you better have the house built, right? And so the the, the issue becomes with especially with with artists. And this, did you not do you not understand why that happened? Oh, absolutely. Right. So I mean, did you you know Harley Harley would get so so unbelievably pissed off and and he made so many enemies and 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 as you know i mean the the last five years of his life was not easy i mean it it just wasn't because he was so pissed off about the fact that he would have to literally be in a room and just write the song while the kids sit there right yeah and 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 word for a third i mean i mean if you're an artist you should there's artist with a capital a and there's an act Way too many acts. That's right. That's so, right. but an artist has a vision. An act has a record deal, and they're just waiting to say, "Well, you know, come on, write, write a hit for me, put my name on it." So, without naming names, can you tell me exactly the name of a person that was like that? <laughs> <laughs> I can, yeah. but I won't. <laughs> Give me the first person artist that you sit down with that you were like, "Yeah, I'm done. This is it." No, you're kidding. No, no. Is he is he still alive? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are his initials? I know. I see where this is going. Yeah. All right. I got one more question. Though. Okay. Because as somebody like me, like uh, when I try to write songs, how how long did it take you to get over? I don't know the egotistical part of things, as far as like um, throwing things out. You know, like because sometimes I feel like I, when I write, I write with other people. I have this hurdle that I need to jump over and be like, ah, don't say that. It could be stupid. I don't do, you know. A, a lot of that is finding the right co-writer where you give yourself permission to just say anything. Man, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I'm i a motor mouth, as you've ascertained over the last hour. <laughs> so I just say all kinds of stupid <laughs> shit. Yeah. And, and, but, you know, you just kind of keep talking around it and it'll and maybe something stupid you say will spur a great idea from somebody else. But you got to be in a situation with another writer where you – like each other, respect each other, and give each other the room to be stupid. Yeah, yeah your verbal vomit is going to be accepted. Yeah, yeah. But okay. you've been—I mean, you have that. I mean, that—that's—that's—that's that's, that's Tyler. I, yeah. Well, I guess he's right because he's kind of confirming everything. Because like, there are certain people that I am con- more comfortable around. You're not going to write those sorts of and things. And people are always saying, "Oh man, Bob, you got to—you got to get with so and so. He's hot right now." And you sit down in the room and you just go. There, there's nothing hot, here. Hot, I'm I'm here. Yeah. This isn't working, and I know this guy is brilliant. And and I've written some hit songs, and so has he. But there's just we're just not clicking. We're not on so. The same so page. who 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 have you? What what is the one writing session? And you can say that this guy's name or person's name. What is the one uh, writing session that you the first the first time and you were like this? I can't believe I'm writing with this person, and it just wasn't. It just done it out. Well, you know, 
Not not because they were bad or good. I'm just saying, like, not, one, not even because they were famous. The and are you familiar with Mark Sanders? Sure, yeah. He wrote everything from "I Hope You Dance." He was he ate the '90s live, and I met him before he was getting started. And we sat down and started writing songs, and and I actually had a hit before he did. But he would come up with this stuff that was just jaw droppingly great. And I mean, I would say, Mark, I, I don't know why you're not the writer of the year. And he hadn't even had a freaking cut yet. <laughs> he hadn't even had a cut yet. But just and. Part of it was our chemistry. We wrote a bunch of great songs that here's open for one, the Roy Rogers song. But I could just tell this guy's got something. These songs have got meat on the bone. They're commercial. They're everything you want a great song to be. So that that was probably early on in the, you know, within the, you know, with, with Mark Sanders. Who Who is the one person that you wrote a song with? You were like, I didn't expect that. And, and it, 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 is that come top of mind at all? I didn't all? expect well, some of the female rights I've had. You mean? Well, I mean, <laughs> I, and you know what, Andy? I got to admit this, and, and you can tell me I'm wrong. I, the women or girls that I've written with over the years, as, as far as, as, as like being surprised, going, you know, I wrote with Stephanie Smith yeah. for, for a long time and, and, and did that kind of thing. She was, to me, she was more for what I liked. She was more brilliant than Harley was. Yeah, and and I I mean Stephanie Smith and Harley Allen at that time. I mean I I was very fortunate, uh, but she I I mean I I was very she was about the only woman uh, that I wrote with that I was like okay I I can write with a girl, but mm-hmm. but after that that I every girl experience was very hard for me as, as a guy. And is that something that you felt through your career? Is it the same thing? I mean, I was I was always pretty. I, I just came in. You kind of got to remember. I, I I didn't move here till I was thirty six. I had a wife and two little kids, and I just had my ass kicked. I beat my brains out in the bars for eight years, and then I came to L A. and I had a record deal and beat my brains out in the bars for five years more. So when I got here, I was just completely open. I didn't have any. There was no. I am the great. I am nothing. I just walked into the room saying, "Man." What can we do together? I was humble, ego-free. Uh, that's kind of my nature anyway. But I, I I wasn't like that early on. I was kind of, you know, I thought it was all, all that when I was strutting my shit in the clubs in the, <laughs> in the early 20s. Don't we all? Yeah, but I, I got the crap kicked out of me. So when I got to Nashville, it was just like, man, let's just try to write the best song we can write. Uh, surprising songs. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of a guy named Danny Mayo. Uh, you've heard of Amy Mayo. Amy Mayo's written a bunch of hit songs, female I, songwriter Danny. I have not. Uh, he basically came up with Confederate Railroad. He wrote oh, wow. uh, Keeper of the Stars. She never cried when old yeller died. Danny was just a completely strange, if you're on the internet, look up Danny Mayo songs. Uh, just a bizarre, wonderful, freaky, crazy human being that whenever you walked into the room, you didn't know what was going to happen. If you're going to write a brilliant song, get your ass kicked, get drunk, have lunch. Or maybe all of the above. So what you're saying is <laughs> that that Danny would be a great part of any sandwich. Absolutely, he'd be the yeah. whole sandwich. He'd be he'd the be whole the, thing. I'm a Hellman's it, guy myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're saying Danny Mayo oh, would be a great Mayo, part. <laughs> God. Yeah, I, I, I know. Uh, yeah, look sorry. up Danny Mayo. Right? Where's the whiskey? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just he broke open up. his bottle out. Anyway, so we're rambling. But I, I do want to make sure that people check out OperationSong.org. Uh, go. We have a YouTube channel. One thing we encourage veterans to do sometimes is say, hey, man, you got some pictures of, of yourself in the service? Or if, if you wrote a song about somebody, if there's a memorial song, get us some pictures. And we do uh, slideshow videos and lyric videos for these. 
And uh, we got a YouTube channel with some extremely compelling content on there. So give that YouTube channel one more time. Uh, just uh, just go YouTube Operation Song and it'll pop up. Cool. Well, I got to I got to brag about a song. We got a video coming this week. Uh, one of the people that re- uh, reached out to us online from the uh, after Memorial Day was this guy uh, Dick Stroud wanted uh, to see if we'd write a song for his dad Richard Stroud. Uh, he was 93 years old, had served in World War II, and then served in Korea, and was a pilot. And uh, we wrote this great song. I didn't write it. A guy named uh, Steve Williams, who wrote Red Ink Yacht Club, wrote an amazing song with this uh, World War II uh, veteran called Good Co-Pilot. He, was, uh, he would land prop jets, I mean, uh, propeller planes on the deck of aircraft carriers in 40-foot seas. And they said, how did you do it? And he said, I had a good co-pilot. But it was, <laughs> but it was a single-seat airplane. So any, anyway, uh, that's a little teaser. Look, look for that. So when we get to write songs with these World War II veterans, that is that is pure gold right there. Because oh. there's so few of them, and if you get one that still has a story to tell, it's mind-bogglingly great. Yeah, Bob, I appreciate you, and and thanks for coming. And I hope you enjoy the guidance whiskey, Bob. Cheers. Bob Regan from Operation Song, and uh, we we will do uh, we will. Actually, I I, I, I want to film. I want to film us going. We should go together. Okay. Me, me and Adam should just go oh, together. I yeah. quit. I'm quitting. No, you can't quit. I'm not Albert, quit. Yeah, uh, Albert, uh, Albert, Albert, Adam, we, Albert, you, Adam, Andy should go with me. Uh, we, would you guys write a song with a veteran if we, we set it up? Oh, that's no of question. Course. I okay. mean, my, I mean, my brother is my closest veteran uh, in in my life, but my 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 whole family. Uh, other than my dad, who had uh, a small urethra, <laughs> he couldn't get into the service. Oh, Bob! Oh, Bob! He had a small urethra. urethra. Sorry, Cookie. Mark. We should we should call mom with Bob here. We could call her. Let me call. Yeah, but now who's mom? Tell me you're not okay. brothers. No, okay. no. He wishes. He wishes he could be my brother. Uh, no, no. My my mother. Uh, it, her name is Cookie. Is she a three zero four area code? Yeah, three zero four two six five. Don't don't, don't give out. her mother's number on the air. Jeez, man. Shh. <laughs> you give this show too much credit. Okay. Much credit. <laughs> yeah, there's the, nobody watching. Yeah, so uh, yeah. well, no, nobody's <laughs> watching. But the the downloads have been actually. Uh, I, I'm very I'm very happy with the success of uh, of this show. Andy. Hello. Oh Jesus. Well, is this the cookster? Hi. Yes. Hey, you're talking to. I- Oh my! That's my parent. Okay. Okay. Uh, 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 Mom, this is Bob. Bob, uh, this is the Bob that should have been my dad, <laughs> and not and not the Bob that is my father. My my father's name is Bob. Hi, Bob. Okay. Yeah, what, Bob. It's all those single syllables, fifties names. Bob, Dick, Frank, Tom, Bill, Joe. Yes, Bob yeah. gave gave Cookie Dick. Uh, that's yeah. exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, 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 so, so Bob, what 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 kind of uh, wisdom can you pass on to my mother? Because my mom doesn't understand that it's important. I feel to give my inheritance uh, while she's still alive. Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, so can you just let her know the importance of me and and how how much that means to to the living. Well, because Cookie, may I call you Cookie? Yeah, please. Oh, she does. Because I'm assuming you're, I'm not sure of the age, but I'm assuming you're very young and you have at least 25 to 35 years of a lifespan left. And at this point, well, I hope so. At this point, your 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 eminently worthy son will be, you know, possibly towards the end of his career. Now is when he needs the money. That's not, right. That's not right. Then, now. Yeah, that's right. 
And, and and my mom has a really bad Coke habit, a, a very Coke. I mean, she she drinks four or five Coke uh, Cokes a day, and it's just like I feel like oh. the sugar is going to to ruin her uh, to to ruin her nostrils. All, all the more reason, all the more reason to get that estate plan in yeah. place yeah, now. Absolutely. So 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 I, so mom, listen. Uh, basically, I'm sitting here with somebody that 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 has lived life and and to the fullest, who who says. That that I should uh, get my inheritance uh, uh, now. So so if we could just <laughs> well, get that accomplished, what what papers well, do I need I mean, to sign? I mean, you know, I just recently had my gallbladder out. I I I could give you the gallstone. That was <laughs> uh, make a necklace um, or something. See, do that, you understand that? that I, to, to, that's the, a good start. That's a. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I just you know I want to you know share some things and help you out a little bit. So. A I thought bit. maybe yeah. I could just go ahead and. Jeez. Uh, Andy, uh, Adam, I'm sorry. Uh, I quit. Albert, I'm Albert. quitting. <laughs> Here it is again, just so everybody knows. Literally, Andrea and Andy, Dad is Andy, the only Andy. one watching okay. right now. Uh, uh, so, Mom, th- thank you so much. And and it was just nice to, for you to sit down with somebody with so much experience and so much life that 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 that, that, that has explained to you that I need uh, uh, the inheritance now. And, and, and before my brother. Uh, yeah, before my brother. <laughs> But just FYI, my children hey. are getting nothing. Yeah. yeah. So his whatever children. We, whatever <laughs> we, whatever I do for you in this life, um, there's not ever enough that we can ever do for our veterans. Well, thank, thank you for those saying that. Those are the that. true heroes, and those are the ones that we need to do everything we can for in this country. And they don't, they are not, they're not um, taken care of well enough in this country, and, and that's a shame. Well, I appreciate you saying that, and, and, and we're, that's the beautiful thing about Operation Song. It's taking what's happening, what happens naturally and organically in Music City and, and creating a, a bridge with the military community. Uh, and it's kind of an only in Music City thing. And uh, so, yes, I, I, I absolutely concur. Mom. Th- yeah. Th- th- and, and, you know, and, and thank, thank you, you for what you're doing. And I think it's wonderful. And God bless you for that. Uh, from your lips to God's ears. <laughs> I think this, this far down the road, I need all the blessings I can get. It won't be long, Mom. I, 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 I just, I just listen, listen. I just, I just want to say thank you, Mother, for for always having a great time with us, and and really just making a depressing uh, last last note there. Just a. Just on the fact, and, and I don't say depressing because of the veterans, but m- more so, uh, moving the moving the talk away from my my inheritance. And you know your son's been drinking tonight, right? What's that? What's that? You know your son's been drinking tonight. No, no, yeah, no. She doesn't have any idea. No. <laughs> that's why we. That's why we like our other son better. Wow. Jeez. Wow. Now, now, wow. Now we're getting yeah, some. That- huh? Yeah. Bob, Bob, hey Bob, hey Bob, gone, gone. All right, you just got your guidance taken away. <laughs> hey, I, I swear to God. Did I get a guidance whiskey on that one? I'm gonna tell you something right now. I, I've, I've never got my, I've never got my ass kicked by a guy as old as him, but I will do it tonight. I will take my ass kicking tonight. But by God, I will get it. I will get it face to the face, Mom. I, I, uh, Mom, I hope. Uh, I hope uh, I hope you grow another gallbladder, you old, oh, thank old you. nasty, thank you. you old nasty. You need to get that old one, and make a necklace out of it or something. <laughs> <laughs> I right. could hey. see if I could get that for you. Hey, uh, listen, I always, I always, thank you. I always thought you should have left Dad in the first place. So good luck, <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> I, I found I found my new Bob. I found my new All Bob right, <laughs> right here. <laughs> 
<laughs> ah, I hear Bob back there talking about his own urethra. A small urethra. Yeah, he is. Oh, for God's sake. Say goodbye to the to Bob Regan because you're you're getting hung up on. Say goodbye. Oh, We're done. Goodbye. Nice, nice to meet you, Cookie. Nice Bye. to meet you, too. Thank you very much, and God bless our veterans. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Bye, Cookster. Bye, Cookster. My All right. Bo- what, what? What? Well, I... I was a little upset you didn't spend any more time on the debate last night because it's kind of big news. Okay. Before we go, I kind of want to have a laugh, just a little laugh. Okay. Because I wanted to show you my favorite part of the debate last night. Okay, Bob, you ready for this? Uh, ready as I'll ever be. Okay. We're out, of, and then we're out of here. But okay, this is out. this was the best part I think of the debate uh, last night. Period. Okay. The question is no, Ukraine. Ukraine. No, I, <laughs> the opinion that is, that is you absolutely know what? You're, you're not true. Doing it. You're gonna not have true. <laughs> Man, my <laughs> God, I I never I didn't see that part where they actually got into it. Yeah, they did. They fought. They, they fought. They punched each other. I had. I, I was taking a walk around the block at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bob Regan from Operation Song. Uh, let's pound it out. Love yep. you. Love you. Long Kobe. time. Yep. Thank you so much, and we were gonna we were gonna talk about this after the fact. And guidance whiskey, we appreciate you on so much. And 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 then, uh, let, do I even have that anymore? Is that a, is that a thing on here? Let me. doesn't even matter it yeah, doesn't girl, even matter checkmate girl yeah uh, what no that's I, funny. I still love you that's pretty funny uh, listen everybody uh, vote strong vote long and vote in line that's all that's all i'm gonna say that's my last words for this great episode episode 25 we are we are what 46 downloads away from a thousand It'll be our forty sixth out before we're uh, we are forty sixth out. As last night in the debate, as those guys would have said, we are almost forty six thousand uh, people away from getting a thousand uh, downloads. <laughs> God, <laughs> think about that. So, yeah, that's another way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bob, thank you so much. Operation Song, look it up. Uh, Operation Song is it OperationSong.com, right? Dot uh, org. Dot org. Yeah. Or, org is the nonprofit designation if it says org at the end it means it's a non-profit non-profit yeah. so operationsong.org check it out and uh we are going to have me and andy are going to do this we are going no man uh andy andy's not here adam me and adam are going to do this and it's going to be great it's going to be great all right we love you hey thank you for watching how valid is the validity next week we have jared neiman on again uh, oh. talking it we have a conspiracy corner the, with Jeremy. the nematode himself the nematode himself <laughs> gonna be back on and and uh and uh we're gonna talk about life liberty and the pursuit of conspiracy because that's uh what's great uh and and thank you for gray guys for giving us the song of the week which we're not gonna play we're not gonna play no calm down calm i was down. freaking out like no, we no, don't no. have we that don't, I, I know <laughs> I, I i have to make light of it because you know sometimes greg watches bob thank you we love you. Thank you. And, love uh, you guys. We Happy appreciate you guys. Here. We'll see you in How Valid is the Validity next Wednesday. And make sure you download How Valid is the Validity everywhere you get your podcast. Apple Podcast seems to be the most uh, famous, but anyplace else, no problem. How Valid is the Validity. Andy, I love you, is our producer. And we'll see you next time. Love you too. Bye, Bye. everybody. Bye, everybody. <laughs>